Welcome to the Live Greater View, a financial planning podcast produced by VLP Financial Advisors that discusses life, money, and perspective. We help clients live their best life at every stage through our VLP Live Greater partnership process. Thank you for tuning in. So this session is really a, one that's very timely as we come to the end of the year and we're doing a lot of tax planning with clients and that's charitable giving. And there's a lot of different ways that clients can give charitable now, Chris. And you know a lot of things we tackle with clients as we go through kind of that scenario. Yeah, and this time of year, this tends to be the thing that comes up. We talk about year in planning, charity, you know, charitable giving is obviously one of those boxes that we wanna make sure that we're checking. And before we get to really the two main approaches that we've seen clients use over the years, I thought it would be good for us really just to talk about how we get to that conversation in the first place. So typically when we get together with a client, we'll go through their Money Guide Pro plan. And we talked about in one of our prior episodes how we organize that plan from needs, wants, and wishes. Obviously, this charitable component is usually in that wants or wishes category. Um, From there, we'll look through at all of their ongoing expenses, their assets, the rate of return that we'll be able to earn on their money, and really just try to figure out, is this going to be a possibility for that client or not? Absolutely. So, you know, the planning again kind of gives us that picture into where are they um, as far as their charitable wishes, one, and two, what do you know, what is their capabilities and how would that fit into the overall picture, which is really important because we do find that especially as clients really see how things have progressed and their assets continue to do well, that they that this giving really can have an impact. Yeah. And typically there is what I refer to as an, an inflection point in planning where we look at you know a client situation and we say, well, based on everything that we have here, you're in great shape. You can definitely take care of all of these absolute needs. And now that opens the door for that conversation for charitable giving, um, other things that they might not have planned from the get-go, but there tends to be that inflection point where we say, okay, all of the needs are met. That box is checked. Let's talk about some of these other things under that wants and wishes category. Yeah, absolutely. When especially when you're doing the planning and say you're never going to run out of money, yeah. then that when that reality really sets in, it's this different, you know, thought process on their on their behalf. Going, wow. So really, I'm never going to run out of money, but I can also I could leave a legacy or I could do something different. Right. And from a planning standpoint, you know, we'll use our software to really back into, um, you know, exact dollar amounts and do all of those projections. But really, from a simplistic standpoint. If we have a client who we're distributing, you know, three to four percent of their assets every year, but we can look back and know the last 10 years we've been able to earn six to seven percent, there is that delta there. There's that sort of disconnect where we say, hey, you have the ability to, you know, go through with some of these things that we've talked about. Yep, absolutely. So let's get into really we're going to just cover two um, two different approaches on the charitable giving. Let's start with um, qualified charitable distributions. A QCD is what it, the acronym was known for. Let's really talk about what a QCD is, um, how that works, and and some of the approaches we can go in from that. Sure. So a QCD really fits into the income requirements that come from retirement accounts. So if we think about when you have um, different retirement accounts, IRAs, um, beneficiary IRAs, and the like, they have required minimum distributions or RMDs. So this is obviously the um, dollar amount that each account holder is required to take out. And that age that that uh, RMD kicks in, that's really been somewhat of a a moving um, goal line. It used to be 70 and a half. Mm -hmm. 
moved up to 72, 73 now. And then if you if you're born um, 1963 or later, now it's 75. So that's something that there's been a lot of um, legislation about lately. But essentially, when you are required to take that money out of your retirement accounts, then of course that money goes on to your taxable income for yep. the year. Yeah. Um, QCDs are a tool that you can use essentially to defer that income to charity, something you care about, without actually having to need to declare that income for the year. And the one difference is the QCD age, you can start making a qualified charitable distribution at 70 and a half. Right. They didn't change that goalpost yep. whenever they changed the RMD required ages. Um, so that's been something that's been kind of an interesting scenario when working with clients. But the nice thing is if they are charitably inclined, and you know, one of the concerns we see, especially when we're doing the planning and doing looking at tax analysis, is that you know we have clients with multi-million dollar IRAs. So this requirement distribution could be it could be a hundred thousand dollars or more. So when you're not used to taking it, and now you have to take it, especially if you have a husband and wife or you know a spouse spouses with two large IRAs, this could be a a game changer in the tax scenario. Yeah. So this QCD gives you a way to kind of manage some of that tax bill because the nice thing of the QCD versus uh, making a charitable d donation directly out of your joint account or your individual account is that it's an above a line deduction, right? right? So if you look at your 1040, you know, you have your earned income, social security, then it says IRAs and pensions. So if you have, you know, if you're taking that distribution, and what people don't notice, you know, maybe you have $150,000 to take out, but what's taxable? Because if you are taking out 150, but you give 50,000 to a charity, well, that reduces the taxable income. And that's before you get into itemized deductions. And it really does move the needle in the tax picture. Right, it's a, really a win-win-win. It's a win for the client because they meet their RMD requirement. Um, it's also a win because they obviously keep their income at a lower level. And then it's a win, obviously, for the charity. So, um, you know, all around, it's a, it's a really great thing. Yeah. One thing you do have to note, though, is when you're doing these these qualified charitable distributions, it has to go directly to the charity. If you have that money come to your checking account, it goes out. Well, now it's in the itemized deduction section, and it doesn't meet that before the line deduction. Yep. And that, that's, like you said, 70 and a half. That's one of the big rules. Um, has to go directly to the charity. And also the limit is $100,000 each year. Yep. So this is one of the um, you know approaches to charitable giving that's more ideal if you're going to give to specific organizations on an ongoing basis because you can't carry forward any sort of um, QCD to future years. That's correct. And also, you know, something you know this works really well where maybe you worked at a company that matched their 401k with company stock and the stock's done really well, you know, where you could really have these outsized IRAs, this could really be an area that fits in fairly well. Great. And, you know, we talked about these different um, pieces of QCDs. I thought it would make sense for you just to go through a scenario, just to really go through A to Z, what this would look like in practice. If you have any examples from client scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have um, a lot of clients who former military who end up um, high level did a whole career through there, and then eventually even maybe went to work on with a um, defense contractor or in the private sector, where they have large pensions, you know, maybe $150,000, $200,000 a year, and they also have this IRA now that's $1 you know, $1 million, $1.5 million or so on. Um, this is a scenario where they're very charitable. They wanted to give to various organizations, certainly things that they were involved with while they were serving, those types of things. 
Um, and when we were looking at the tax picture, I said, well, geez, you know, you have this high pension, you and your spouse both have social security. And once we have to start taking these requirement distributions, you're going to be in this much bigger bracket. And they were giving charitably. So they're only giving, you know, they're giving 20, 30,000, but it, I mean, they could still itemize, but it wasn't moving the needle. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we were able to move this 30 above, well, it trickled down. It saved them on things like um, their IRMA on Medicare, um, various scenarios. So that kind of scenario where it really can start to move the needle, because if you get hit with Medicare Part B, Part D, additional premium because your income level threshold went up, um, other things that they might, you know, threw out the, the 1040 where by adjusting above and not in the itemized deduction section, they were able to actually save save a lot more money and still be actually be more charitable because they had more funds that they could give. Yeah, so that's a great example. And let's go ahead and talk about really the second approach that a lot of clients take when it comes to charitable giving, and that is a donor advised fund or a DAF. Yep. Um, so let's just talk about the difference, really what it is, and then the differences of that versus the, the QCD. Yeah. So the donor advised is a lot different in the fact that it's kind of like if people think about setting up a foundation, right? You hear the big names like you know Bill Gates, Warren Buffett. They set up these big foundations and they put a big amount of money in. Well, the DFA is kind of like the same scenario on a smaller scale for the average investor who doesn't have the time and money to set up a foundation, have a board to manage it, right? Mm-hmm. So the D- the donor advised fund allows you to make a large donation in a year, and this might be in a scenario where you sold a business, you had some large income scenario where something changed or or something that, hey, I'm gonna be in this massive tax bracket, I really could use a large charitable donation, but maybe I don't wanna donate a million dollars one time to X organization. So the donor advice fund allows you to kind of couple and bundle, you know, future years donations and do it in one. So, for example, maybe you sell a big company, you put a million dollars in this donor advised, but now you can decide to give 50000 for the next 10, 15, or whatever years that fits your model. Sure. So you're highlighting one of the key differences. At QCD, it's more of an ongoing uh, annual gift, so to say, that helps you on your tax and obviously mm-hmm. helps the charity. The donor advised fund, that tends to be something that is more of a lump sum um, and something that really only get the tax deduction in the year that you give that gift. Correct. Yeah. Right. But still get to give the gifting behind. You know, yeah. Right. So that's the nice thing about it is you get the tax deduction in one year, but you get to give a legacy gifting to the organizations and you can choose those. You can you can change as long as they're a 501c. Right. You can make that direct. Yep. And that, you know, that lump sum aspect that would obviously help. Like you said, if there were certain years, their income's going to be higher and we help clients map out. Well, when would this make sense to really put these pieces in motion to be uh, most advantageous for you? And then future giving once, you know, after you do take the tax deduction, that's referred to um, as downstream giving. And that's something that clients, when they look at, oh, okay, I get the tax deduction, that asset is then sold and then invested into other investments similar to a 401k lineup. <laughs> so in you know, in a perfect scenario, you could contribute to a donor advised fund, get the tax deduction, and those assets, once they're within the fund, could then continue to grow. And you could actually net-net end up giving more money away than what you initially deposited as long as the market or that asset that you hold within the fund goes up. Yeah, it's a great that's a great point. You can actually make a bigger impact than you intentionally yeah. you would have initially by just doing the the one time. The one thing also to note about donor advised funds, it's it, you know, it's not just inside your IRA, so you're not just gifting, you know, stocks or mutual funds or cash out of that is you can actually put 
um, closely held businesses and corporations. So yeah. if you had a privately held non-public you know, S corp or C corp um, business, and maybe you sell that, or you're getting ready to sell it. You can actually move shares into there. This donor advised, which these these donor advised funds are managed by large companies. You know, like Fidelity. There's a couple other mm -hmm. you know scenarios out there, but you can actually put this privately held stock in there and let them sell it. When the sale goes through, they get the cash. You get the tax deduction, yeah. and now you get to do um, this you know charitable giving you know, looking forward. So it's it's something like that where it's a little different because you can't really have privately held assets inside your IRA. So this is a different approach specifically. And there's some other things that can go in there, like restricted stock, um, you know, equity interest, um, RSUs. You know, so it's a little bit different, definitely, than the IRA. So again, a scenario where you might have highly appreciated assets, um, but necessarily not inside your IRA. Yeah, and to put a scenario around that, like you said, um, just to give an example of where I've used that with the client. So we work with a client who had um, stock ownership in a company that didn't go public. So really low basis stock. Um, that stock appreciated uh, by a lot over time, went public. So really the client was sitting on a massive capital gain that he really couldn't do a lot with. In this scenario, he was still giving to organizations that he cared about. So what we did in his situation was we funded his donor advised fund with this low basis stock. The um, fund company then sold those shares for no capital gains because they're a charity. And then he was able essentially to fund and get some of the organizations that he cared about off the ground. So he did not have to pay the capital gains bill. He got the tax deduction from the overall contribution amount. And then the charity that he had been working with for years had you know this big lump sum that they used to really get one of their um, organizations off the ground. Yeah, and that's really a perfect example of a win-win, right? The the client wins, the organization wins, and all in all, you know, we're all and you don't have to pay as much in taxes. So it's a it's a great uh, example. Yep. And so those are you know two things that we really articulated and walked through, and I think that. Um, the other thing that's worth mentioning is sometimes we'll work with clients who are in this just kind of habit of giving, whether they give directly to their church or charity, and they're kind of just on autopilot. Sometimes we can fit one of these approaches into what they're already doing and essentially just become a little bit more efficient on the tax front. So um, there's really certain things that we can, can use to fit into one of these two molds, and people don't even realize that they could end up using one of them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just like even the little thing, like the QCD could be yeah. just a small but a very meaningful change to their tax picture. So it's great to you know connect with your advisor, see, hey, this is what I've been doing in the past. Uh, you know, I'm interested in maybe upping this or, or, hey, I have this scenario where I'm going to come into this big inheritance or this, you know, this company that I own is going to be sold. These are great opportunities to walk through, kind of do some of the, the financial planning and the tax planning to say, is there an easier, better, more efficient way that I can, A, do all these things together and, and um, charitable could be one of those, one of those pieces that fits in the puzzle. Yeah, great. Well, thank you, Rose. I felt like we had a, a great conversation today. And thank you, as always, to our listeners. And as always, we just ask if you found any value from this, please feel free to pass this along to family and friends. Yep, absolutely. And if uh, you're in, interested in talking through your strategy in this scenario, give us a call. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Live Greater View. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify and recommend our podcast to family and friends. To learn more about VLP Financial Advisors, 
please check out our website at vlpfa.com. Thanks again. And now for our necessary disclosures. Securities and advisor services offered through Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC, a broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will be successful. The views stated in this podcast are not necessarily the opinion of Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC, and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned. Due to the volatility with the markets mentioned, opinions are subject to change without notice. Information is based on sources believed to be reliable. However, their accuracy or completeness cannot be guaranteed. Past performance does not guarantee future results.